It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Another day of winter meetings in the books. We have a MLB lottery draft lottery to go over. We have uh, Rule 5 draft prep to talk about. We have some Scott Harris quotes. Still not a lot of moves, really, across baseball. We'll talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday. No, it's Wednesday, December 6th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to check out the SiriusXM app as well. You can just search any team. And if they're playing a game, you can get their home radio broadcast anytime, anywhere, straight to the app. It's an awesome feature and an awesome app, the SiriusXM app. Uh, now that we know it's Wednesday and not Thursday, I'm just, I'm so used to, because I do this a day in advance, I'm so used to looking at the date as I'm doing my my open there and just adding a day. Uh, it's it's really kind of messed me up, like in all aspects of life. I, I continuously, I look at the date and I add a day now. Uh, because I do it literally every single day, and I'm just so used to it. So uh, I'm recording this after midnight, saw December 6th on there, and uh, assumed that it was the 7th, but it is not. So welcome back, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic week so far. It has been extremely quiet on the winter meetings front as it comes to a close. Uh, The Rule 5 draft, which will be Wednesday afternoon, is always one of the last things that happens in winter meetings and there will still be some some like stragglers and some leftovers there on Thursday but uh but by you know but by Thursday and by really Wednesday night uh most of it's going to be over and again there's always I remember a couple of years ago there was like oh like these I forget what trade it was but like these two teams aren't leaving until a deal is done and they left like Thursday afternoon or something like there's always some some drama that happens at the end, but uh, I probably shouldn't say always drama because uh, I was uh, I'm always really excited for this week, and this has been a a quiet winter meetings, and I think a lot of that has to do with just the fact that everybody and their mother is waiting 
for Shohei Otani to sign. And, I, and I'm not trying to rush the dude. I'm not saying like, oh, like he needs to sign. This is ridiculous that he's waiting. No, I mean, what he's got to do what's best for him and and in his camp and and uh, you know his agent and whatnot. Like they're they're going to take their time and find the best deal possible. Uh, but it is directly affecting the speed of pretty much everybody else. And we've seen a couple of trades. We saw obviously on Sunday night, was it? I believe we saw the uh, the, the Mariners trade right with the Braves that happened while I was recording this show. That's always funny. Uh, and then we also, on Tuesday night, last night, we saw the uh, the Verdugo trade. Not too often do the Yankees and Red Sox in, uh, involve themselves in trades. It's been like 10 years since they've had one. I think I think Drew was actually the last, I, somebody tweeted out, was the last like prominent trade uh, that happened between those two clubs. So, um, you know, th- there's there's been some moves, but it certainly has not been this high-flying, oh my goodness, moves happening left and right thing uh, that uh, it, that it is some years. And I think that a lot of that just has to do with when there's such a prominent market setter. That's what Shohei Otani is. He is a market setter. He will determine the market for the next wave of free agents below him, right? The, the, the Matt Chapmans of the world. And like Matt Chapman's obviously not even the same stratosphere as Shohei Otani, but like this is a weak offensive free agent class. He's going to want to see what the market is for the best player on the market before he determines how much he's worth and so forth. And then the trickle down effect happens. And, and, uh, and that's when you get a lot of moves. So I think that this year is a year where the winter meetings is obviously quiet. Uh, I, I, it's obviously a little sad just because I look forward to it so much, but, uh, and, and I feel like I kind of played into the hype of it. Definitely probably played into the hype of it just because I do get so excited. And then there wasn't a whole lot of action, but I do think that it's a lot of, uh, of that. It's a lot of, you know, the biggest names have to, those dominoes have to fall before the market is determined for everybody else. So, uh, once those dominoes do fall, that's when you can expect kind of a slew of moves to happen, probably in pretty short order. And, uh, that'll be a fun time, but I don't think that it'll be this week, unfortunately. Still a day left. We'll see what uh, what Wednesday and Thursday morning probably-ish hold, uh, but uh, it has certainly been a slow winter meetings up to this point. Uh, something that did happen on Tuesday was the Major League Baseball draft lottery was held. The Tigers will pick 11th. Uh, did, I think they technically moved back one. Sure, it is what it is. Uh, this is a pretty deep draft class. At least that's the Again, I'll, I'll, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. That that is the opinion right now. Uh, you you cannot uh, if if you've been doing this for any amount of time, whether it's one year or five years or thirty years or fifty years, I don't care. Uh, you very quickly realize that you cannot determine how good a draft class is going to be in December before the draft. We still have literally start to finish like. Like players reporting, like like preseason ball, we have start to finish an entire season. So th- there is there is so much that still you know what I mean. Like there are dudes that are that that had like okay junior years of high school that are going to be first round picks next year and aren't even on radars right now, and, and vice versa. There, there's people. Uh, there, there's been plenty of examples over the last couple of years of uh, prominent players. Uh, there was man, what was his name? Florida Gators, Judd Fabian. 
he was like projected to be a top three pick during winter meetings the year before his draft year, his first draft year, his junior year. And then he struck out a billion times in the season and plummeted so much so that he went back for his senior year, right? Like you, you can't possibly determine how, how talented a draft class is going to be, but for whatever it's worth to you, the general consensus is that this is going to be a, a, a deeper draft, maybe not the most top heavy draft ever. Although there are some, some really talented baseball players from Florida that are set to be up there. Uh, we'll talk about those as we get much, much closer to draft season. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this should be on paper. Okay. It's not my fault if it's not, uh, I, I, you've been warned, but this should be on paper, uh, a, a draft class where you can still get a good player there in, uh, in the middle of the first round. Okay. Really only noteworthy stuff that happened there was that Oakland fell out of the top three. Uh, I love it. Uh, I, maybe that's a, maybe that's a hot take. Um, I feel so bad for the Oakland athletics fan base, unbelievably bad. And, and I, I, I want to hug all of them. Okay. Genuinely. I, I have no ill will toward the fans. That's not why I say that. I say that because I want nothing good to happen to this ownership group. And I think that basically giving them the finger and saying, yeah, like you're intentionally losing. Well, guess what? You're not even getting a top three pick two years in a row. Have fun uh, with your, with your little move to Vegas. Uh, I, I, that put a smile on my face. Also always going to put a smile on my face when the Royals drop. Uh, to be honest, that, that, that is 10 times out of 10 every day of the week and twice on Sunday. I'm going to be pleased to see the Royals drop and, uh, and to see, I mean, I don't even have to like be happy with any misfortune that happens with the Royals. At some point you got to feel bad. They are in complete disarray. That organization is also just stuck at the bottom prospects falling flat on their face over and over. Uh, not obviously not including Bobby Wood jr. Um, but I mean, golly, that they, they are just, uh, struggling as well. So seeing them fall, uh, certainly was noteworthy as well. And then maybe one of the Tigers biggest rivals, maybe their biggest, I don't know. Everybody has a different opinion on who like the bona fide biggest is, but the Cleveland guardians with only a 2% chance to have the number one overall pick land the number one overall pick in the draft in 2024. So that is obviously noteworthy being that the guardians are still a pretty good team and now have the number one overall pick. So uh, that'll be something that the Tigers obviously have to deal with that will directly affect them. But your Detroit Tigers will pick 11. As we always do, we will have a ton of draft coverage next summer as we actually get closer to college and high school games being played. I'm not breaking down the draft in December. Okay, uh, let's keep the ball rolling here. We got some Scott Harris quotes. Uh, he was caught by the media for a little bit. Then we have Rule 5 draft prep. Uh, we got some names to throw out you, some names to watch, maybe some names the Tigers might have interest in. And then we'll just talk about the Rule 5 in general. Uh, do the Tigers even make a pick this year? Should they make a pick this year? We'll discuss all of that and more right after I tell you all about our friends over at Jace Medical. We talk about Jace all the time here uh, because whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend, thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. Life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in one-year supply, even ED generics for Cialis or Viagra. 
Jace Medical has the Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinus infections, skin infections, amongst many others. This stuff could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by an onboard certified physician and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than it is today. So go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKDOWN, all one word, to get $20 off of your order. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate y'all for tuning in, as always, making us your first listen. Every single day, we'll be back tomorrow recapping winter meetings. Hopefully some stuff happens here on the final day. Don't want to be all doom and gloom like I was earlier. There's still a whole day, day and a half, two days, depending on who you ask, left. We'll we'll see if anything happens. But uh, certainly it's been a very, very slow start to the week. But we will still be here tomorrow and Friday. Yeah, tomorrow and Friday. I keep thinking I'm a day off. I thought tomorrow was Friday. Anyway, let's keep the ball rolling here. Uh, We talked about the lottery. Let's talk about some Scott Harris quotes. Nothing like earth shattering, uh, but uh, he was caught by the media and he was asked about a few different things. Spencer Turnbull, he was asked about, I'm done with that situation. He basically just said like, yeah, we wanted to part ways. He talked about Austin Meadows. Um, we've talked about that at length. Uh, this is probably one of the last times that it will be brought up to him. I would imagine going forward, uh, he basically, he kind of did hint at with that. He kind of did hint at like, oh, when, if Austin feels like he's ready to play baseball again, like we may open the door and have that conversation again, but it does not sound like that is even close to happening. And it honestly, it sounds like, uh, there's even questions whether Austin Meadows is going to play baseball for anyone ever again. So, uh, he and Harris said, you know, that the priority is is with him and his mental health and, and his family and everything. So uh, that is uh, it was it didn't even seem like really a big decision for either party. Kind of just sounded like that was always what was going to happen. The big quote, though, the interesting quote here is uh, what he was asked about. Uh, this is A.J. Hinch also was asked about Colt Keith and Justin Henry Malloy. Uh, Harris's quote for Justin Henry Malloy and Colt Keith was, quote, they need to come to camp and earn a spot on the team, uh, basically not guaranteeing spots on the opening day roster. And when A.J. Hinch was asked about it, he said, "I quote, I am excited to see them with all of this attention on them. It's one thing to be on a prospect list. It's another to be a featured part of a competition trying to make a major league roster for the first time. Both of these kind of hint at nothing is given, uh, but if they earn it, they earn it. And it was actually, I wonder if I can give credit here and find it really quickly. There was, uh, yeah, this is at, at Doe Jumars on, uh, on, on Twitter, obviously just replacing the, the D in the, in the J in Joe Dumars, um, says, he says this, but if their competition is McKinstry, Veerling, and Ibanez, they're basically being handed jobs. I don't think it's that dramatic of like it is, you know what I mean? Like it's just simply they're being handed the job. Uh, but that is a good point. Like if it, it's, it's you know, you can say all you want, like, oh, they need to compete. They need to earn a spot. I, 
even if you're not a believer in Colt Keith, I find it very hard to believe that too many people out there are looking around and thinking about the 2024 Tigers. And they're like, well, you know, like Zach McKinstry might just be a better option in 2024 at second base than Colt Keith. I just, I don't think there's too many people out there. I don't think they, they believe that there's a better option at second base either. Now, if Colt Keith, excuse me, if Colt Keith comes in to, uh, to, to camp and is just, you know, he bats 080, then like, okay, we have a, we have a different conversation here. Absolutely. But I I think really at at the end of the day, um, it's, I, I don't see any way in which Colt Keith is not the primary second baseman for this baseball team next year. Now, completely different conversation with Justin Henry Malloy. Uh, we talked about it earlier in the offseason. We will talk about it much, much more when spring rolls around. Um, I'll be completely honest with y'all. I, I struggle to find an uh, like consistent playing time for Justin Henry Malloy uh, early on in the season. Now, obviously, if an injury happens, then like you, you, you're going to have space and he's going to be one of the first guys called up. His bat is clearly too good for AAA, uh, whether he's ready for the majors. That's only something that you have to prove, but it is certainly too good for any level of the minors. So like that, I'm not trying to say he's not ready in the batter's box. All I'm saying is he's not going to play third base. He will not. He he he. he he has struggled defensively at third base in the minors. They're not about to throw him consistently at third base in the majors. Okay. That's not going to happen. And you already have a, a, a plethora, an abundance, a lot of corner outfielders and all of them better defenders than Justin Henry Malloy. And you're not going to have somebody get called up just to DH. That is not going to happen. So, uh, like, legitimately, that's one where I, I I want him up here more than anybody. I wanted him up here in, in August. But when game planning about, like, where he finds himself on the roster, I think it's a lot more difficult than maybe people are realizing in December. I'm not saying it's impossible. A lot of stuff is going to change from December to March. A lot of stuff. There's still some trades that are going to happen. We talk about the fact that there's probably going to be some corner outfielders traded specifically that there, there's, there's plenty of room for, for him to still find a spot. But on December 6th, I, if the season started tomorrow, I don't think he'd be on the major league roster. So that's something we'll have to keep an eye on, but I thought those quotes were interesting in regards to that. Um, let's talk about the rule five draft. Uh, the rule five draft is Wednesday afternoon, I believe at 2 PM Eastern time, but, uh, Double check that as well. Um, and yeah, you know, the Rule 5 draft is, is always very interesting. It's a fantastic opportunity for players. I think it's a really, really good rule. Uh, I, I And that's not to say it has like a super high success rate. We'll get into that in a second. But I, I do think that it's a great way to uh, incentivize teams to add players to their 40-man roster to make sure that teams aren't just like hoarding a bunch of you know borderline MLB ready prospects uh I, I I really do enjoy the rule five draft and and the fact that it is implemented I think it's a fantastic uh a fantastic idea and it's executed very well um I I need to start off this whole conversation by saying this the rule five draft I just sung its praises it's a fantastic brilliant idea 
The brainchild behind the Rule 5 draft deserves a, a billion dollars. The Rule 5 draft has a very, very, very low success rate. And when I say success rate, I mean finding someone who you are comfortable not only staying on the major league roster for the remainder of the season you take them in, because that is the rule. They have to stay the entire season on your major league roster, but also then like, oh, this dude is a player. Like we want him even going forward past that. Cause there's no point in holding on to him for the entire season. If you're just going to get rid of him the very next year anyway. Right. That's not a super high success rate. Okay. Maybe I was too dramatic. It's not like 1%. Okay. But it's certainly not, like super high. <laughs> okay. You're not talking about 70, 80% either. And so it's important that when we look at these prospects, there is a reason that after five years of minor league baseball, they are not on a 40 man roster, right? If they were a solidified, like really good guaranteed, this guy can be an impact player at the major league level. They'd be on a 40 man right? There, there's 14 spots of, of, of non-major league room on a 40-man roster. And so I think that's always just like important to remember. And we're Tigers fans, so we're like relatively familiar with the Rule 5 at this point. Al Avila's favorite day of the year was the Rule 5 draft. My goodness, that was his Christmas morning. Uh, like, I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone get as excited about anything than Al Avila was for the Rule 5 draft every year. He, he circled it on his calendar. He he threw a party the night before. Uh, he invited all of his friends. It, it was a a national holiday to this dude. He he you know wanted to petition it to get like kids the day off school for it. Uh, I I've never seen anyone love anything really as much as Al Avila loved the Rule 5 draft. And we have a different regime now. So I'll be very interested in seeing the Tigers are picking later this year than they did last year uh, because the team was better this year, obviously, than it was last year. And so picking outside of the top 10 or top nine, I'm just, I'm really interested in the strategy and if they pick someone at all. We'll talk about all of that. We'll just kind of, I'll throw out some names as well. We'll talk about all that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked on Tigers. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, So we're talking about the Rule 5 draft. And for me, I I really, I've gone back and forth on it a lot. Um, I want to start off by saying that the most common thing and the safest route, that doesn't even feel like the right terminology. I don't want to say safest route. Scratch that. Scratch that from the record. I, I think that the the most likely occurrence for teams that are going to pick someone is you take a pitcher. And that's because we've talked about it a lot. You can always develop somebody in the bullpen. Always. And there's more relievers than any other position uh, on a baseball field. Objectively, always. Right? So if you want to take a chance on an arm, you have room to do that by putting them in the, in your bullpen. Um, So that's always a possibility. And again, we'll talk about some pitchers here in a second to maybe keep an eye out for. Um, And so I, there's always a possibility of that. 
Okay. The Tigers could just go into tomorrow, take a flamethrower that's not on a 40-man roster, and and see if they can turn him into anything, right? I think we shouldn't we, – I'll tell you what we shouldn't do. We certainly should not be going into the Rule 5 draft going, you know what? We can solve third base through the Rule 5 draft. Please no. Okay. And that's not to say I have a couple of names on here of some dudes that play third base. Okay. That's not to say that they can't get someone that that is going to log time at third or that is going to be like a utility type and, and will probably play all over the diamond third base included. But if your game plan for the last three weeks on how to address starting third base has been just get me to the rule five draft. Uh, if that ever became public information, I would lose it. I would lose it. That is absolutely not what competitive Major League Baseball teams do with starting offensive positions. Okay, so I want to get that out of the way here as well. Um, I do think there's an argument for not taking anybody. And... The reason why is, A, you're at 38 players, so you have the room, obviously. You're at 38 players on your 40-man currently, um, so you have a little bit of a cushion there. You could take someone, um, but you also shouldn't be done adding major league free agents or you know, if a trade, if it happens that way. You shouldn't be done adding major league talent to your roster. And so if you want to keep everybody you currently have, on your 40-man roster, if you want to keep all 38 of those gentlemen, then and and you still want to add other players this offseason, then guess what? You're not taking anybody. That 40-man roster spot, those two 40-man roster spots, are the most valuable they have been to the Tigers organization in a long time because uh, the team hasn't been good in a long time. And it's been so easy to just be like, well, I'll just throw anybody out there. We'll see if they maybe can like strike, get, you know, get lightning in a bottle, whatever. Um, so I, I do think that there is a really legitimate chance that nobody is taken. And all of this conversation is just null. And the Tigers are going to look towards actual major league caliber players to fill those last two spots on the 40 man. Also, there's still all that being said, there is still plenty of, of, players to like shed if you wanted to add players into the offseason and take somebody in the rule five on wednesday you could find a pretty easy way to do that this is not like these 38 guys we need to keep together no matter what because they're going to want a world series together okay there, there's still plenty of uh, of fat to be trimmed here uh so i i, I it, again it goes both ways i go back and forth a little bit on it um, but it would not be the most shocking thing in the world to me, especially without like a premier, you know, like top five, top seven pick in this rule five draft. If the Tigers just passed and didn't take anybody and wanted to use those roster spots uh, on a more proven commodity. Now, if they don't, and they do decide to take someone, I have a horrible track record with accurately trying to predict who the Tigers will take in the rule five. And like everybody does, uh, it, it's, it's the most just close your eyes and throw a dart at a board event in all of baseball, because there are 
like hundreds of players who are eligible for this thing, like hundreds. <laughs> and uh, you can't possibly wrap your head around and like go in depth on every single one that is eligible. And there are so many that are just like, obviously no, this dude is, you know, 25 and hitting a buck 90 and high single a, obviously we're not about to take him. Right. That's what like 90% of them are probably even higher. That's probably like what 93 to 95% of them are. Then there's the top end that like, oh, they could maybe be on a major league roster, but then you have to find a team that also has space on their 40 man and also fills a positional need, et cetera, et cetera. And at the end of the day, you get like eight to 12 teams usually every year that are taking people in the rule five draft. Some names that jump out at me. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven names. And one, two, three, four, five of them are pitchers. Okay. Uh, the first one I want to bring up is Coleman Crow, who's a right-handed pitcher in the Mets organization, was a part of a trade with the Angels and Mets. He is interesting because he is going to miss all of 2024 recovering from Tommy John, uh, but did really well as a professional. Drafted in 2019, I believe. Did really well as a professional before the Tommy John. And the interesting thing with him is you can keep him them on your IL, but that does not count towards like, oh, you kept him on your major league roster all year, which is the rule with the rule five draft. Um, anybody taken uh, on this has to stay on your major league roster for the entire 2024 season. The rule for him would be, he would have to spend, I believe it's half of the 2025 season on your roster. So he'd be on the injured list all of 2024. And then at least half of the season, to match the Rule 5 requirements, he would have to be on your roster in 2025. Could be someone they take a shot in the dark on. Uh, that That is someone to keep an eye on. Uh, Tanner Burns from the Cleveland Guardians organization is, I, I the only reason why he's like not like the bona fide number one, like you must go get this guy in this list, is because I don't think he's going to make it to the Tigers pick. Uh, I am unbelievably confident this dude is going to get taken probably pretty high. Uh, and again, the Rule 5 draft is a complete bleep show. Like, I, I could be totally wrong, uh, but this dude has been really good forever. He was really good in college. Uh, like, I I think he was a first-round pick, if memory serves me correct. Like, this guy's always been good. But the Cleveland Guardians are a pitching factory. I talk about it all the time on this show, how much I envy their pitching development. And so they legitimately just don't have room for this, like, low three, mid three ERA minor league pitcher that's like not that old and was a first round pick. So uh, I, I think that he's a guy to, to keep an eye out for. Um, he also, I think if you moved him to the pen, could really top out velo wise. I think he could hit upper 90s if you moved him to the bullpen. Something to keep an eye out for, but I, I would be pretty surprised to be honest if he uh, made it to the Tigers pick. Uh, next one, uh, Asa Lacey is uh, probably the biggest name on here uh, for all people that do follow the MLB draft. Asa Lacey was, oh my goodness, was he the Torkelson draft? He was one of the, he was out of Texas A&M. He was such a good pitcher in college. I, I loved watching him pitch. Big guy, lefty. Everybody really liked him uh, and was a, a very high draft pick for the Kansas City Royals. Was he go three overall? He was a very high pick. And... Um, I, I just can't remember if it was the torque one or was it Riley green might've been the year before, regardless, very good pitcher in college. 
and as a pro has just been unbelievably un- ineffective and has just uh, really struggled. Uh, it's honestly been kind of sad and like really unfortunate. He is not being protected. I-, I-, I don't think it's a guarantee he's taken, but he's still relatively young and he is a lefty. And at one point, he was one of the best pitching prospects in literally the entire game of baseball. But he has been so struggled so mightily. I'm talking like ERAs in the sevens and nines, like that mightily, that uh, he's unprotected. And so just out of like namesake, we're going to talk about him. But uh, I, I don't even know if a team's going to take a chance on him, unfortunately. That's just how how much he's kind of fallen off. Um, pitchers, uh, Justin Slayton. Another pitcher that I think out of the bullpen could have some really nice velocity to him. Uh, some pretty decent strikeout numbers there as well. All the guys I've mentioned outside of Lacey so far have been righties, which leads me to my last pitcher, Juan Sanchez from the San Francisco Giants, is a lefty. And he's also only 23 years old, which uh, usually, you know, you have to play five years of minor league ball before you're here. Like, Usually the guys are a little bit older, so he's younger and a lefty. Uh, this is someone that uh, Foolish Baseball, Foolish Bailey, um, did a great like Rule Five rundown as he does every year. This is a guy that he was a really uh, kind of like under the radar, kind of a big fan of. Be sure to go check out that video if you want much more in depth analysis on like twenty guys. I think he talks about in total that it could all get taken. It's a very, uh, very interesting watch. Um, but, but yeah, Sanchez is, is definitely a guy that uh, just because of the youth and the lefty, and you can put him in the bullpen that a team might take a chance on him, but uh, d- is kind of just like unproven. Doesn't really have like the high end stuff in the minors. So something to keep an eye out for uh, there as well. And I think that's all the pitchers. So then that leaves us with the two hitters that are kind of on my radar. One is Devin Mann, also from the Kansas City Royals. He plays all over the infield and like hit pretty well in the minors. Uh, and the Royals, for whatever reason, just aren't protecting him. There was uh, – <laughs> it, it's interesting. He was a part of a trade. He came from the Dodgers. And, uh, yeah, there, there's just – he struggled in the second half, did really well in the first half of the year. And that was enough for the Royals to not. Uh, the reason why I'm like clearly flustered here is just because like the Royals. I, I just I don't understand them like you're a you're not good enough to like be be super nitpicky about like the young talent you have. But B, like you traded for him. What are you doing? You trade like I, I understand he hit under 200 for the Royals minor league system in the half a season he he played for them this year you trade he was part of a trade you wanted to acquire him and now you're leaving him unprotected because of like a month and a half of bad hitting despite the last two and a half years he was a good hitter I I just they they never fail to amaze me I'm I'm so glad I can actively root against them um so I think that he's going to be someone that's on a few people's radars plays all over the infield third base included uh, and then the other one that I think is a little more under the radar is Anthony Prado. Uh, he plays everywhere in the infield except first base. And uh, he, the only reason I put him on there is he has positional versatility and he has high, high, high on base percentage numbers. Like we're talking like 400, uh, around 400, uh, depending on like what stint you look at in the minor league. So uh, he's a guy that I, would not be the most shocking thing in the world if they wanted to add another 
utility type of player. I think it's important to note when I was going through the people that I wanted to add on this list, and then I'll let you get on with your Wednesday here. I eliminated all outfielders. Uh, I I would be absolutely stunned if the Tigers drafted an outfielder in the Rule Five. We have too many outfielders as is. Uh, we <laughs> right like that. That is, we are not in the business of adding, uh, especially unproven outfielders to this roster. I can't fathom them doing that. Uh, I and uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Whoever they take, we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, there is also a minor league portion to the rule five, just for like lower levels of the minor leagues guys getting a chance in like triple a. So we'll talk about if the tigers do anything there. Um, I just, I go back and forth on it. I don't think it's a guarantee because there is certainly you're, you're later in the draft. You're not getting like one of the bona fide like top guys here. That's just like the slam dunks. Um, you still have room in your bullpen though. You absolutely could add an arm there, but I, I don't think it's a guarantee, but also like this is kind of where Scott Harris made his mark, not in the rule five. Mason Engler was, was, was not very effective for the Tigers last year, but um, this is like, he has really made his mark with like these kind of like trying to find the, the between the margin type of players. And this is an opportunity to do that. So we will see uh, my money is on. They just take a picture. Um, but they do take somebody that's where my money's on, but, uh, we will see. Wouldn't shock me at all. If they skipped the pick, uh, honestly, I'd be, I'd be pretty cool with that. Uh, that would, that would tell me that they are still trying to go out there and find more major league talent to add. Um, so I'd be, I'd be pretty okay with that. All things considered. Okay. So those are some names to look out for. Now, again, they'll probably take some dude nobody has ever heard of. We'll have to do a complete breakdown on him tomorrow. We'll do a breakdown on whoever take they, they take tomorrow. But uh, yeah, like Akil Badu was like completely out of left field. Nobody thought he was going to get taken by anybody. The Tigers took him like fourth overall, whatever. Like that's probably what's going to happen tomorrow. And we'll be here for it. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We will be back tomorrow as always. Appreciate you all greatly. Uh, peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.